Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. Fact check this podcast, and today I just kind of wanted to read an article that I found that I thought was really interesting. It, uh, as I was kind of looking at some other stuff and perusing different things on the internet, I came across this just kind of as dumb luck would have it. I was looking for a specific quote, I didn't find the quote that I was looking for, but I found this instead. So I'm just gonna kind of read this. It's a WordPress article from uh, Carl Stevens blog and, um, uh, Carl Stevens, <laughs> I've never heard of this person before. Uh, he actually has some pretty good stuff out there. So like I've read some of the other stuff as well. It's not bad. Uh, but I was going to just kind of go through this and then we'll kind of take it from there. And if, uh, anybody has any, anything to input onto it at, a at a later time, we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, we can have, I would be open to conversation on the topic later on. Uh, also, because I have been dealing with some internet issues of late, which I'll explain at the end for anybody who wants to hang around for that. Um, I'm also kind of running this as a trial to see if I have, in fact, corrected my issues that I've been having. So getting right into Carl Stevens' blog, Sometimes violence is the only answer. So let me start by saying very clearly that I am not, by nature or desire, a violent person. That's good for you, Carl. Wish I could say the same. I am, however, fully capable of serious violence in the right situation and willing to use it if the situation requires and justifies its use, and profoundly and unswervingly convinced of the following. Violence is almost never the answer, but when it is the answer, it's the only answer. For example, in the case of violent attacks like mass shootings by psychopaths, the only true effective answer to secure your own well-being and the well-being of others, other innocents is an immediate, violent, decisive response that neutralizes the attackers as rapidly as possible. Psychopathic killers don't and won't stop to listen to reason. They won't even show you the courtesy of discussing the situation with you. They just as soon kill you as look at you. In fact, in a mass shooting incident, that's exactly why they're there. They act violently and with little or no hesitation. There will be no time for negotiations. Psychopaths intend on murder. Don't negotiate. They act. And if you wish to survive an attack or save others, an immediate response that stops them is the only option that truly works. They won't feel sympathy because you're uh, you're cowering under your desk begging for mercy. They'll, uh, they will be indifferent to your pleas. They are intent on their immediate objective, and they will generally accomplish it unless you or someone else stops them. See, this is something that gets into uh, 
like the active shooter trainings that, that they always have at work. Because every workplace that I've been at that has these active shooter trainings won't allow me to carry my gun when I'm on the job. I am legally licensed and certified to carry. Why can't I have it at work? If we have to do active shooter drills, wouldn't it make sense that I'd be allowed to shoot back? So anyway, carrying on. They won't care if you're young or old, healthy or infirm, a grandparent, parent, or spouse. You aren't a person to them. You are merely a target equivalent to a bug on the sidewalk just waiting to be squished. Short of being ready, willing, and able to visit serious violence on them that either kills them or outright renders them physically incapacitated, bodily broken down, out, unconscious, or paralyzed, nothing else you can do or say will cause them to stop what they have set out to do. They will kill you and anyone else they wish unless and until they are stopped by either the application of violence or, at a minimum, the credible, imminent threat of such a response. This is demonstrated by the fact that virtually every mass shooting incident since 1950, the evil act was stopped in one of three ways. The perpetrator was caught by police or a citizen, usually an armed citizen. An unarmed challenge to an armed aggressor frequently doesn't end well for the unarmed person who was prepared to do whatever it took to stop the offender. This only occasionally happens. Mass shooting perpetrators most often die rather than being captured. The perpetrator was shot to death or severely wounded by police or an armed citizen. This happens occasionally. Or the perpetrator, when confronted by or cornered by police or an armed citizen, took their own life rather than be captured. And this is a very common outcome. They intend to die anyway. They just want to make as, uh, take as many people as possible with them. You cannot reasonably ar uh, count on being spared because they run out of ammunition before they get to you. Because experience shows that they usually come prepared with sufficient supplies to kill many more than they actually succeed in killing. So, you say, I see the police mentioned in all three of your scenarios above. Why should I act? Isn't it best to dial 911 and wait for the police and let the professionals handle the situation? And this is perfect. This is perfect. Pay attention to this part. No. Unless you have a death wish for yourself. To repeat the cliche, when seconds count, the police are minutes away. Even in the best of circumstances, police response times are almost always measured in minutes, and often tens of minutes. That's literally lifetimes when someone is shooting at you, your family, your co-workers, or just a bunch of strangers who happen to be in the same area as you. To prove the point, the statistics on the outcomes of mass shooting incidents show that in incidents where there is no effective citizen response and the shooter continues his carnage until the police arrive, an average of more than 14 people are killed. In incidents where a citizen or multiple citizens on scene actively take down the shooter, an average of fewer than three die. Now, without describing every incident in detail, I think it should be obvious to all but the most weak-kneed pacifist loon that the shooters in these cases won't be stopped by someone saying, please don't do that. They stop when engaged by someone who forcibly stops them, or when engaged by someone who, someone who they believe can and will forcibly stop them. Even a, a crazy armed person knows an unarmed person is not that much of a threat. That's why they brought their weapons, and that's why the safest and most effective means of visiting necessary violence on a mass shooter is with a gun. Otherwise, why do the police use guns? Now, the reader should note that for the most part, most of what I've stated above uh, about the perpetrators of shooting rampages 
applies equally to violent common criminals who are also generally psychopaths or sociopaths, with the exception that their objectives are more limited, robbery, rape, small number of victims at one time, so on and so forth. They intend to succeed without dying themselves and generally don't carry enough supplies to kill as many people. Other than that, most of the principles are the same. They will kill you with as little compunction as the mass shooter. You'll be just as dead and the same principles apply to stopping them. I sincerely hope that I never have to shoot another person, but I am fully prepared to do so without hesitation or regret if it is necessary to defend myself or any other innocent person. Why? Because I choose life rather than victimhood, and I don't know how I'd live with myself if I stood by and allowed an innocent person to be killed without doing my best to stop it. Think about it. I hope you'll make the same choice and prepare and train for it as I have. Be a sheepdog not a sheep. Like I said, I just wanted to kind of read through that because I stumbled upon it and I thought it was really interesting. And the thing that I was looking at it in regards to is something that I'm kind of look at, think about, and for lack of a better way of explaining it, get pissed off about in regards to libertarianism. In that for some reason, there is a significant group, and hopefully it's not that significant. I, I say significant probably because I run into them when butting heads with other people on the internet uh, a little more frequently than what most people encounter it. But there is a significant group of libertarians or people who claim to believe in libertarianism who have taken the non-aggression principle to this point of absurdity that you cannot enact any level of violence in any way, period, or else you're a statist. And that's a complete crock of horse shit. We are living through a period of human history. And I'm not going to go there. I'm going to back it up. We are living through a period of our own U.S. governmental history where the federal government and the powers that be are enacting infinitely higher levels of oppression, of authority, of outright aggression towards its own populace than I would say we have ever seen, period, throughout the history of the United States. Um, and I mean, I, I'm sure I've talked about it before with kind of where that, like, since the Civil War and then sent after that, uh, starting around World War One, World War Two the federal government has progressively expanded itself and become more and more involved and influential in our day-to-day -day lives. But we are hitting a point where it's, it's not going to continue to be enough to try to vote people out of office. What's the, what, what is the point? of the boot on your neck at which you're willing to fight back. 
what is the point of aggression being enacted upon you where it's self-defense and not an act of aggression, not a NAP violation? Because that's the thing about the, the NAP, the non-aggression principle, is it's not that you don't ever do anything that would be considered violent or aggressive. It's that you don't aggress upon other people without cause. And I would argue that for the last 20 years, we've been seeing calls from our federal and even to some extent our state governments. And over the last two years, they have ramped that up to 11. And I don't like that. I don't want that. I'm not like the article talked about. Like I have no hope for that. I don't wish that on our future, on our children, on our, us. That's not something that I view as a positive outcome, not something that I view as a good thing that should happen. But holy shit, where do we draw the line? Where do we hit the point that we don't keep kicking that can down the road? And I don't know. So I'm more in the uh, stockpiling ammo and hiding out in the middle of nowhere type tract of life right now. Just waiting on those goats any day now. Actually, by the, hopefully by the time this releases... We will already have baby goats, and everybody will have seen plenty of pictures. But speaking of hiding out in the middle of the woods, <laughs> let's talk about what I've been going through for the past weeks, couple weeks. Uh, so as people may know, and if you hadn't figured it out from watching the last couple episodes, uh, the fact that I missed an episode Wednesday a couple weeks ago, and then this past week, Monday and Wednesday episodes, I was extremely glitchy. Thank God my, my guests came through pretty well and uh, the conversation held, but I have been working on that. So we are living incredibly rurally, much more so than what we had been previously. And there are very limited internet options out here in uh, bumfuck nowhere. So... <laughs> So this is just going to be kind of a, uh, a life lesson for anybody who's going through this sort of similar thing. If you decide to drop off the grid and move out in the middle of nowhere, uh, we have acceptable upload speeds. So everybody that I talked to said that the internet here was great. Well, everybody bases how great their internet is on if they can watch Netflix and Hulu and what their download speeds are like. And don't get me wrong, download speeds are phenomenal. Uh, I can I can go to download a video from any of the guys that I do work for, you know, one, two gig video file, 15 minutes or less. Got it. Good. Perfect. Wonderful. Download speeds are great. I could not upload anything to save my life. And when you do the work that I do, where it's my own show, the morning show that I do, and then all of the other shows that I work for, and 
doing video work for all of them and uploading all of those videos everywhere across the internet, plus making multiple clips per show, per week. When it was taking, on average, 10 to 12 hours to upload a 1.3 gig video, I was effectively unable to do my job. Uh, there aren't enough hours in the week for me to upload all the videos that I need to make. So, so I, like it was killing me. Uh, I spent, let's see, we had the guy, the tech came out to install everything and he go, went through two different modems during the install process and had to trace lines and pull all kinds of stuff. It was long and a hassle. And he finally got it hooked up. And then we, uh, I start having terrible, terrible connection speeds. Can't get anything to upload. He comes back. Uh, so I talked to, to customer service and tech support and they screwed something up and just killed our connection entirely out here. Uh, so the guy comes back out and gets it fixed again. And then it's not horrible there for a few days. And then it just goes to complete shit. I can't even get a, a reading on the uploads. Like it, it won't upload anything. Everything times out. Every time I try to upload anything, it, it'll run for six, eight hours and time out before it even makes it to 50%. Like I, I'm effectively done. I cannot work. And, and at that point I even told um, several of the guys that I work for the Lions that got Liberty book, uh, civil discord, Marcy, Marcy and Eric, I told all of them, I was like, look, if I don't get this fixed, I'm not going to be able to continue to do work for y'all. Like, I, I can't, if I can't upload a video, um, I'm done. Like, I, I can't do it. So, so I had some, some other options and I, I still actually have some other options in case something ever happens to fail with, with this current option that I'm running with. But uh, we had a tech, another tech come out. And while he was here, everything worked perfectly fine. And then as soon as he left, it went straight back to shit. And so we continued to mess with it. I talked to a number of different techs through tech support. And finally, I got one who actually knew what the fuck they were talking about. And so they pull up this, uh, this full diagnostic. And they, they give me login information and everything so that I can actually access it and look at the same thing that they're looking at. And we start going through all of this stuff and looking at all the data and the graphs and charts that showing, um, showing what's coming in, what's going out, everything like that. And it turned out that we were getting the, in fact, we were getting much better upload speeds than what we should have been for what the service claims to provide. But it wasn't, it was, it was being tied up with something else. Um, and we couldn't figure out what the something else was. Like it was, this is a brand new computer. It doesn't have a bunch of like crazy shit uploaded on it. So there's nothing that should have been tying it up. Right. So that led me to having to, so the tech helped me figure out what was going on, that something was tying it up. And then I had to go through our, uh, the, uh, not our, the task manager on my computer and start digging through each individual process that's run, that runs on this thing. Um, all of the background processes, everything that's going on. And I finally figured it out. Apparently the uh, crazy thing, and so this is like a hint, tip, or trick for anybody who might be dealing with the same bullshit, is uh, Adobe Premiere Pro, Rush, all of that stuff, uh, the video editing programming 
their programs that I use for all of this work and stuff, it has the Adobe Creative Cloud that links all of these accounts. And the Adobe Creative Cloud runs in the background. And when you install one of the Adobe uh, Adobe Premiere programs, that Pro or Rush or whatever, that Creative Cloud uh, downloads or lo it uh, downloads and installs itself on your computer along with the Premiere program. And then it sets itself to automatically run in the background at startup. So that thing was tying up 100% of my upload speed, just constantly syncing in the background and, and syncing nothing. Like I, I'm not doing work, but it's always syncing up with Adobe. So I had to go through and, and, and uh, identify each individual process that was linked to that creative cloud and turn the whole thing off, set it to where it only opens and runs when I tell it to. That way it's not 100% of the time on fucking up my upload speeds. So now I actually have decent upload speeds. It's not completely terrible. And if all things go well, this video will actually look good. It won't be all glitchy and uh, fucked up like the last couple were. And if you tune in on the Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to the morning after, I won't be a glitchy, terrible mess on those shows either. Uh, I understand that this episode was a little bit uh, discombobulated and not quite as particularly informative as I typically am. Sorry. I don't know. It's been a rough couple weeks. I really just want to, uh, I wanted to talk about being violent. That's it. Cause I'm a violent individual. That's it. Really? <laughs> I'm not, not, not at all actually, but, uh, uh, I do feel like we've, we've reached a point where we have to start having these conversations. And if that makes me sound like a fed, I don't like, fuck it, I'll be the fed. But there are serious conversations that need to be had at this point. What are the solutions? What's tenable? What can you tolerate? I would rather you move out in the country with me and we just hide and say, fuck it. We'll set up barricades and gun turrets. And if they, if they try to encroach on our property, then, then we defend ourselves. But... I don't think we should, I don't think we should be taking the fight to them, but are we approaching the point where that's a necessity? Maybe. Very maybe. Probably. Maybe. We'll see. Oh, that's it for today. I'll be back uh, tomorrow night with another live stream. I really need to find somebody to do that with. I don't want to do so. I don't like doing solo live streams. Somebody, somebody shoot me a message. Come join me for our live stream tomorrow night. And let's talk about something fun and entertaining. Uh, and let's see, because this will be the last one that I get to do for a few weeks. So let's have let's have a good one off of this one. Uh, and in the meantime. Be sure to check out The Morning After, Peddling Fiction, and then anybody else that I do work for. You, If you don't know who they are, I don't know what you've been doing. You haven't clearly haven't been paying attention to me. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Thanks, everybody. Have a great one.